it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, do you have trouble sleeping? Then maybe you should check out The Sleepy Podcast. It's a show where I read old books in the public domain to help you get to sleep. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of classic stories like A Tale of Two Cities, Pride and Prejudice, Winnie the Pooh, stories that are great for adults and kids alike. For years now, Sleepy has helped millions of people catch some much-needed Z's, start their next day off fresh, and discover old books that they didn't know they loved. So, whether you have a tough time snoozing or you just like a good bedtime story, fluff up the cool side of your pillow and tune into Sleepy. Unless you're driving, then please don't listen to Sleepy. Find Sleepy on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes each week. Sweet dreams. Love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. Now, please enjoy part two of our conversation with Kevin Carter of EMQQ. Picking up in the middle of the interview to hear part one, please download last week's episode. That's unfortunate and actually kind of shocking. How does EMQQ solve part of that issue? Well, we don't care what stock exchange you trade on, and we don't care what country code the database says. We care about what your income statement says, right? Where is the revenue coming from? So that's you know, we have a rules-based approach. So the first rule is you have to be an emerging markets, internet, and e-commerce company. And that does not depend on the database. That depends on where your business is. And so that extra layer, you know, it requires some manual labor to check and verify. And a lot of stuff gets missed. It gets uh, placed in the wrong bucket. So like boastful, but I think one of my strengths is because I've worked in both the active side and the indexing side, I think it makes me better on both sides, because I know a lot about both things. It helps me, you know, cross-pollinate or whatever you want to call it. Sounds like you cross-pollinated lots of annual reports. Yes. <laughs> oh, maybe. Where can people trade? Where can they buy your ETF on any of the exchanges or the brokerages? Yeah, they, the three of U.S. Uh, listings are on the New York Stock Exchange, and they have the ticker symbols EMQQ, FMQQ, and INQQ. And... Let me make sure I go a little further on this, you know, what's going on beyond China. There's a huge thing happening on the planet right now. And it's 
we call it the great confluence, but there's three mega trends that are happening right now. And they're one direction, they're giant, and they're sweeping the planet. And we're part of them. But since we got involved so early, we forget that, oh, yeah, this is a trend and it's still going. So the first one we already talked about, you know, I've had plenty of food and clothing, appliances, vacations, cars. I've got kids in college. I just took a vacation. So we've had consumption in my family for a couple of generations. Well, most of the world's just now getting to that stage. Now, the second thing that is sweeping the planet, well, it looks like this. It's a smartphone, which I first got eight years ago or nine years ago, right before I started EMQQ. I got a smartphone maybe two years, maybe 10 years ago, I got my first iPhone. And when I got it, I could already see how it was changing my family's consumption. And the trips to the Target store were going down. And I knew the UPS drivers by their first name. And if you think about how that's happened with our lives, well, the reality is I had a computer for 20 years before I got a smartphone. So the rest of the world, all those new consumers are not just becoming consumers. They're they're getting their first ever computer. It's not on their desk in the traditional sense. And it doesn't have an Apple logo. The $50, $60, $80 brand new Android-based smartphone is bringing the computer to the world for the first time at an incredible clip. Seven million people a month in India alone are getting their first computer slash smartphone and it's bringing with it the third mega trend which i got first in 1995 on a telephone line with a modem in the marina district of san francisco so i've been on the line i mean it's obviously got better and faster and easier and now it just shows up in your pocket even on an airplane if you want so the reality is most of the world never got wired so you got these billions of people getting computerized getting online and very importantly Emerging markets don't have the consumption infrastructure we think of. And those things include, first and foremost, they don't have a bank account and with a debit card. They don't have a cable TV with a thousand channels, and they probably don't have a Target store, and they almost certainly don't have a car to drive to the Target store. So these people are leapfrogging traditional consumption, and this is the result. This is showing you the revenue for the EMQQ companies as 135 publicly traded emerging market internet companies. And you can see their growth rate for the last decade has averaged almost 40% a year. Now, I'm not positive of anything in the world, but I've asked everybody I know who's smarter than me and more experienced than me if they know any sector that might have grown at 38% a year for 10 years on average. And I've given this talk to you know dozens and hundreds of professional investor groups And I now offer a $100,000 reward to anybody that can show me a sector that grew at 38% a year for a decade. That's not easy to do. I could be wrong, but so far, my inbox is empty. So either way, this is the result. A precedented story of growth as those billions of people go online for the first time and leapfrog uh, traditional consumption models. And what comes with that? Value creation. So that, you know, the last year and a half have been awful for investors in the space. But for long-term investors, in spite of the volatility, including some serious negative volatility recently, you're still up almost 300% over that 12-year period. 
Meanwhile, the biggest value trap in the world, the MSCI index, bouncing along the bottom with return of basically nothing. And actually, the 15-year return is negative. And why is that? As we say in Omaha, earnings equals value. And if you want to grow your value, you've got to grow your earnings. And over the last decade, the MSCI index has not done that. Its earnings have gone down. And the problem is that everybody uses this MSCI index and they say, look how cheap emerging markets are. And I see this all the time. They'll see a chief investment officer from some big important company and they'll say, well, we're very bullish on emerging markets. And we think uh, now's the time to buy the MSCI emerging markets index or the products that relate to it. And they'll always say, they'll say, look how cheap it is. A PE is 10 and the S&P is a 20. So it's, it's half the price. And the economies are growing faster. So how can that not be a bargain? Well, you know, if you knew what the Agricultural Bank of China was, I mean, it's not really there for you. So it doesn't really matter what the PE is. Uh, that is not a business that's designed to benefit side shareholders in a traditional sense. So, so anyway, that's the story. And it's been a China story, largely. Alibaba, Tencent have basically digitized everything in China, healthcare, they digitized entertainment. The stuff going on with food and groceries is amazing. Alibaba's got a grocery store called Hema, which is essentially the closest I've ever been to the Jetsons. It looks like Whole Foods until the lunch and dinner hours come around. And then the other thing that Alibaba and Tencent have done in China is digitize the money. And as mentioned, that's the most important first step, because once you get the money on the phone, then you can really accelerate e-commerce growth. And if you're the proprietor of the payments platform, you can also get into banking and investments and uh, other financial services. So the fintech part of the story is big. And all of this story has been led by China. As mentioned, China's e-commerce market, you know, it's the biggest in the world by far. And that's why China has been the biggest part of our portfolio. It's been half or more of of the EMQQ portfolio. And that's because it's been about 80% of the fundamental story. So this is showing you that that same revenue, uh, but this time the China revenue is in gold and the other 45 emerging markets are in purple. So there's only one country in the gold, that purple is 45 countries, and there's a whole lot more people. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money. Not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. 
In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. There's four times as many people in the other emerging markets. And the reality is that they're in the first inning. So China's e-commerce penetration is about 25% of total retail sales. So again, I mean, China is the Jetsons. The other 45 emerging markets, the penetration on a population-weighted basis is less than 5%. So you've got four times as many people and they're just getting started. So there's a third wave that's coming and it's going to be very large I believe, I feel very confident. And the way to think about it is, you know, in in the non-China part of the story, the EMQQ story, a billion and a half people basically just got their first ever computer in the last five or so years in India, in Africa, Vietnam, Brazil. The numbers going forward, smartphones in the developing world are huge. Right now, China and the United States have about the same number as the other 45 emerging and frontier markets, but the other emerging and frontier markets that will probably triple their smartphone base while the U.S. and China will be largely flat. So there's going to be a huge amount of growth in people getting these their first computers. And so if you think about how the internet, the computer entered humankind, you know, I got my first computer and the college roommate had one and we write our white papers on and so forth. But in terms of a computer at my house that had the internet Let's say it was about the year 2000 when you you had a computer, you could go on the Internet and there was actually places to go and do things and buy stuff even like Amazon. And that 2000 to 2015, we thought we saw this S curve of growth as the FANG stocks took over our lives and our stock market. Now, there's still growth, but that, you know, deepest part of that growth has passed. Now, China was right behind us and their wave, which Alibaba and Tencent. Baidu actually went public before Google. That was a call it 2005 to 2020 wave. And now the other five and a half billion people are coming. And this third wave is, I think, going to be very large. And again, it's companies like Mercado Libre in Latin America. It's New Bank in Latin America, the largest online bank in the world that Berkshire Hathaway is an investor in. 
It's Southeast Asia. The other thing about these companies is the founders almost all have the same profile. The smartest kid from every country goes to Harvard or Stanford, right? I mean, it's, I'm making it simple, but essentially that happens. And then they go to work for Google or Amazon or whoever. And then after a few years, they say, I'm going to start my own company. And they're going home and using their educations and what they learned and starting these businesses and they're booming. And so you have like companies like C Limited, which this is another database problem. It's, it'll, it's, the database will say Singapore, but this company operates all over Southeast Asia. All their headquarters are in uh, Singapore. You have companies like Coupang in Korea, the Amazon.com of that country. And then last summer, the we got IPOs from all over the planet. We had Indonesia's e-commerce leader, Bukalapak, go public. The largest company in Poland, Allegro, is, of course, the Amazon.com of Poland. Uh, Turkey, Egypt, all of these places have a robust technology ecosystems, venture capitalists, and unicorns, and it's very, very early. Even Kazakhstan has a publicly traded internet company called Kospi in London. It's a super app that is basically owns smartphone usage market in uh, Kazakhstan. Very profitable company. And then you have the India part of the story. And the India part of the story is going to be very big, you know, really the biggest part of this third wave. And we do have a product now that tracks just the India sector. But when you look at the fundamentals that India has as a sub part of the EMQQ story, you've got a country that's going to have the largest population in the world by the end of next year. Those estimates just got moved forward by the World Bank in the last two months. They've got the youngest population. They've got more young people than China and the United States combined. They've got the fastest growing economy in the world, swelling middle class. They are still pretty early in the smartphone uh, penetration. I've mentioned 7 million a month are getting their first ever smartphone. And they have the fastest growing e-commerce market just ahead of Brazil. And finally, they have a democracy and the guy in charge of it, Modi, is all in on digitization. His whole platform is Digital India, and they're taking cash out of circulation and digitizing everything. So China's got its problems. And one of those problems for the internet companies is just, you know, the law of large numbers. We saw how big their e-commerce market is, and, you know, it'll continue to grow. But I think it's steepest years of growth are behind it, not because anyone did anything wrong, but because they were the, you know, right behind the United States in digitizing and they're pretty well along in doing that. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. That's no, that's okay. That's you that's said a, you could cut it down. You yeah, said no, no. It's it, it was a, a lot of information, and it's overwhelming what you're kind of throwing at us. You know, in in the United States, we tend to think in such, I guess, closed borders. You know, just our you know myopic view, if you will, and we don't think about the fact that, the, like you were saying, there's five and a half to six billion people outside the United States. Well, way way more than that, but that there's you know so many more people out there that we just don't think about and. You know, the idea that India has 7 million people getting a new cell phone, what, every week? That's hey, just every, every day. Month. I'm month. sorry, every, sorry. Month. every month. So that's, you know, I think Apple would kill for those kinds of growth numbers. So, you know, those kinds of things, I think, you know, I guess they could give you a lot of enthusiasm for sure about what, you know, the third wave, like you were talking about, could be coming. 
You know why I'm so confident it's coming? Why? Because I've never met anybody that used to have a smartphone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, very, that's, very that's good That's my point. primary research point. <laughs> They're just getting them. And, and, right? I mean, this is pretty right. – look, we've seen what this story – we've lived it, right? I mean, they, you know, people would say, oh, how did you think of this? I'm like, well, you know, 10 years ago, if you turned on CNBC, which I don't watch, but, you know, if it happened to be on, every time the quarterly reports came through, what did you see? The FANG stocks are eating the world, and then here's a list of – traditional retailers that are going to go bankrupt soon right so i mean this is you know we've already seen how this device has you know the world taken over and there's no reason to think it's not going to change you know go everywhere and and by the way i mean one of the other things about that that's pretty fascinating is that you know in terms of investing and you know stock market stuff that's one thing people's lives are changing like in a big way overnight and these are people that haven't had access to information. They haven't had access to maps. They haven't had access to anything. And they get their first smartphone, and it literally, they call it, it's a magic device. And most of the things that it's bringing are good, not all of them. So you, some of these cultures may have different social norms and relationships between males and females and, you know, what's allowed or expected or what have you. And so there's a great book called India Connected that details, you know, gives us several stories about how the smartphone is coming to India. And it's written by a guy that used to be the bureau chief for CNN. It's really good. But one of the chapters is about this young couple that have been, they have this whole system for arranged marriages and the parents keep trying to set them up for these, you know, intros where the whole family's there and it's uncomfortable. They don't really like the other people and they're, they're not finding love that way. And so they decide they're going to go on the app, see what's happening. So they've got to keep that very low profile. And this one couple, they start chatting on the app and they decide they're going to meet for coffee and then they fall in love and they're like, Hey, what do we do now? How are we going to tell our families? Right. Right. And, you know, the one family says, oh, that's fine. We love you. Another one says, don't ever talk to us again or, you know, whatever. There's, the point is, there's so much that comes to these people, which have they've never had computers. They've never had this. And all of a sudden they have everything and some stuff gets broken, I guess is the simplest way to say it. But for the most part, it's a very positive force in people's lives. Welcome to the I Can't Sleep Podcast with Benjamin Boster. If you're tired of sleepless nights, you'll love the I Can't Sleep Podcast. I help quiet your mind by reading random articles from across the web to bore you to sleep with my soothing voice. Each episode provides enough interesting content to hold your attention and then your mind lets you drift off. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. That's I Can't Sleep with Benjamin Boster. Within that disruption comes the opportunity for a lot of the companies that are selling products to these this next wave of consumers. I think that's all really fascinating. It's like, I mean, it's exciting as 
an investor, I think sometimes it's easy to get pessimistic about inflation or recession or whatever it is, but we really do have a bright future. And obviously, a lot of emerging market countries will have a big part in that. Is there any insight you can give us into the way the ETF is constructed? Uh, you mentioned they could be traded on, you know, any investor can buy it. Is the ETF like holding those shares individually? Are they holding ADRs? Like how is that, sure. how is that structured? Sure. So so all the funds trade on the New York Stock Exchange. So again, you can any brokerage account should be able to buy them. And in terms of the structure, the approach, it's a rules-based Every publicly traded in EMQQ, every public internet company in emerging or frontier markets, as long as they meet our criteria for market cap and daily liquidity, uh, we don't care what stock exchange they're on. We own stocks that trade in Hong Kong. We own stocks that trade in Brazil. Uh, you know, all, that doesn't matter to us. About half of them do trade in the United States for reasons discussed, but it doesn't matter to us uh, where they trade. And then as long as they meet our liquidity and market cap minimums, we include all of them. And then we use a market cap uh, weighted approach with one modification. So we put a limit of 8% on the largest holding. And that helps ensure that we are compliant with the registered investment company diversification rules. Alibaba and Tencent were so much larger than the others that they would have been 35 or 40% of the portfolio. And so that's why do that. So it's pretty straightforward. We rebalance twice a year in June and December. That's when we pick up companies that have gone public or drop companies that are no longer eligible for some reason. It's been a growing list. When we launched, you know, eight years ago, there was 42 public internet companies in the developing world. Today, there's 135. Goldman Sachs thinks India will have 200 uh, internet IPOs in the next decade. So there's going to be a lot more of these companies coming out. And then FMQQ, the exact same rules, except on the list of countries that are eligible, China is not included. And then for the uh, INQQ, again, the, just the Indian subset, which we launched largely because we were able to. We've been waiting for there to be enough companies, and there's now 22 Indian companies. So we were able to get that launched. So pay, do these pay dividends? No, not a meaningful dividend. There's a very small amount of dividend income, but not meaningful. Cool. Well, so those tickers one more time, EMQQ, FMQQ, and INQQ. Kevin, this was a fascinating discussion, a lot of great information. I appreciate the way you presented some of the risks and acknowledged some of the risks with China, also some of the great possibilities and potential that investors should consider about some major secular trends that have been going on, are going on, and are likely to continue going on. So other than looking at those tickers on our brokerage accounts, is there any way else that you prefer for listeners to check out what you guys are doing? You can find us at emqqglobal.com. That's our website, emqqglobal.com. And then if you want to, you can certainly sign up on there to be on our email list. Um, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. And uh, I put a lot of our content and stuff up there as well. So Kevin T. Carter is my name on LinkedIn. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kevin, it's my, that's also my real name. And, and elsewhere, right? <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy day to come talk to us and help educate our listeners about the emerging markets. I found it fascinating and there was a lot of cool stuff that you were discussing and things that I didn't know. And I always like that. So my hands were kind of like this. So I was super excited about everything you're talking oh. about. So very, thank you very much. And uh, everybody go out there and invest with a margin of safety emphasis on the safety. Have a great week and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 